Well, good morning, ACF. Let's celebrate being in church together this morning. It's such a gift to be here. You made it online. Family, we love you wherever you're at. Let us know uh, where you're watching from in the chat. And a little icy out there, but you made it. You made it to church today. Hopefully you didn't slip on the sidewalks on the way in. Uh, It's treacherous, but uh, we're willing to do that to get together as a family. And uh, we are celebrating as well. It is baptism week today. And uh, yeah, we're really excited about this opportunity. And uh, I know maybe, maybe you didn't show up ready to get baptized, but we just want you to know we have everything you need to get baptized today. And want to encourage you, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, whether it's been 15 minutes or 50 years, your first step of obedience is to get baptized. Uh, again, Jesus got baptized. And so I'd say if it's good enough for Jesus, good enough for you, right? And if you don't know what baptism is, it's a public declaration of the change that's gone in our heart. We go under the water as a representation of our death to our old life, that we are dead to sin and that old me is gone. Praise God, right? The old you is gone and we don't keep people in the water, right? We've never left anybody underneath the water. We always bring them up out of the water to represent the resurrection that we have in Jesus. We have new life in Christ. And this ancient symbol It's been going on for thousands of years as Christians have declared their faith publicly in Jesus. And we say this all the time, that if you can't be bold in here, you'll never be bold out there. If you can't be open about your faith in here, you will never be open about your faith out there. And so I just want you to know, uh, this may be the the step that you need, if you've never been baptized, to begin moving forward with your faith. A, A private faith is a faith that is not a strong, resilient faith. I want you to know that. We need a public faith to develop strength in our faith, and uh, this is the step to do that. So at any point during the service, if you want to walk out uh, to get baptized, or because my sermon's bad, either way, um, you can walk out those doors, and there's some people in the lobby that would love to give you what you need. They have lanyards on. If you're with us online, jump in your car. Come on over. Also, uh, if you're like, I'm not in Alaska, uh, we've got this new opportunity called online baptisms. And so we're going to give you a chance. Uh, there's going to be a link in, uh, in the, the comments section, and you can find more about that, but we're going to have a chance for you to get baptized by a believer in your city and also to be able to share that with us in the room. So really excited about that opportunity as well. But we're in a series uh, called uh, The Deeper Life. We're talking about what it means to have a deeper life in Jesus. And we believe that Jesus offers an abundant, full life, and it's the life that we all long for. And today I want to continue this conversation talking a little bit about fear. Now, um, who in the room would say that they scare easily? Anybody here honest? Like, okay, Halloween time, a kid can just wrap their arm around the the corner and like grab your leg and you freak out. Um, You know, you just kind of flinch at stuff. Uh, You might think of things that scare you. I've got some things that scare me. This is something that scares me. Um, Yeah, I love... I love the reactions in the room. Um, I, spiders freak me out. I'll be honest. I'm going to be real this morning. I, I just, if I see one, the, the issue is not when they're sitting still. The issue is when they move, right? When they move, I'm, I lose it, right? You can take it off the screen. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's not okay. But for you, like being scared can kind of be fun, can't it? In fact, this is the Halloween season. People get excited about getting scared. There's a little dopamine hit that you get when you get scared, and it's not really that big of a deal, but then there's something we call fear. And fear is different than being scared. In fact, in 2 Timothy 1, Paul tells his young young apprentice, Timothy, he says this in verse 7, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and of self-control. So the spirit that God gave you, if you're a Christian here today, is not a spirit 
of fear. And what we know is this, that uh, although being scared is fun, being scared is just this feeling, but being fearful is a spirit. Being scared is a feeling, but being fearful is a spirit, and it's, it's an unholy spirit. It's not a, it's not a, it, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is, is not fearful. If you're feeling fear, that's not the Holy Spirit. It's an unholy spirit, and in fact, we know this, the Holy Spirit gives us peace, right? But the, the spirit of fear wants to steal our peace. And so my question for us this morning is this, how can we begin to exchange the voice of fear for the voice of God? I think if we're honest in the room today, uh, that everybody here would say that they have something that they're fearful of. In some part of your life, there's fear. And one of my biggest fears is for my kids. Uh, maybe, maybe you're in that season of life where you've had children. And uh, I didn't have a whole lot of fear until I had kids. And then all of a sudden, it, it felt like I was scared of all kinds of things. And can we agree that parents today are way more fearful than they were just like 10, 15, 20 years ago? And if, if you don't agree with that, I'll just look at my own life. I know when I was a kid, like in the summertime, I would wake up in the morning, I'd grab a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'd get on my bike, and I would show up at like 10 o'clock at night, you know, be gone the entire day. And when I'd walk in the door, my mom would say, what did you do? Did you have fun? How did it go? Now we're like, you're going to get murdered. Like there's no way that we let you be gone all day long. Like something, we just freak out. We're, we're worried as parents, right? In fact, I was reading a study this week. This will probably upset some parents, but um, welcome to church. Uh, developmental psychologist Allison Gopnik, she, she said it this way. Thanks to hygiene, antibiotics, and too little outdoor play, children don't expo- get exposed to microbes as they once did. This may lead them to develop immune systems that overreact to substances that aren't actually threatening, causing allergies. Uh, in the same way, by shielding children from every possible risk... We may lead them to react with exaggerated fear to situations that aren't risky at all and isolate them from the adult skills that they will one day have to master. So I want you to think about that reality that like our unchecked fear isn't just hurting us, it's hurting our kids. It's hurting the people around us. And I know like when my kids would do something scary growing up, uh, uh, when they were little, uh, the way you reacted was everything, right? Right? If they were wandering over next to the stairs and you just walked over carefully and redirected them away, they were fine. But if you went, "Ah!" right, what do they do? "Ah!" They lose their mind, right? They start crying. Your fear impacts their lives, right? If you have a Bible, I want you to open up to 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to deal with a situation of fear. And there's going to be two key players in the story. There's Elisha and then his servant. And his servant is dealing with a lot of fear. In this moment in history, uh, Syria, Syria is actually making war with Israel, and the king of Syria continues to plan these raids on Israel, and they don't work out. It's like every time they plan one, Israel knows where they're going to be coming from. And so uh, the king of Syria kind of pulls his men together, and he's like, why can't we get through? Why, why is it that they always seem to know our plans? And then one of his servants says, oh, it's this prophet Elisha. He, he literally seems to hear the things that you say in your bedroom. It's like he's listening through your Amazon Alexa. He knows everything that you say, and he knows what you're going to do before you do it. And so they make this plan to send out an entire army toward Elisha and surround him in the middle of the night. Here we are in verse 15. It says this. When the servant of the man of God arose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city, And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, I want you to say these words with me. 
Do not be afraid. We're going to do this again, and we're going to say these words like we mean it. Ready? He said what? Do not be afraid. Right? There we go. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, This is not the way, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. So Elisha's servant comes to him and he's scared. And, and, and he's rightfully scared because he looks up at the mountains. He sees that they're surrounded by all of these people. And Elisha responds with a phrase that I want to keep coming back to this morning. And it's this, do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, when somebody says don't be afraid, how do you react? Uh, for a lot of people, it just makes it worse. Can we be honest? Uh, I, I was traveling uh, with a bunch of friends uh, in Wales last year, and we were uh, going through these little communities and on these roads. We were in this big tour bus, and most of these roads barely fit this bus on it, and so they're one-way roads all the time. All the time, you come around corners, there'd be cars coming at you and pickup trucks, and we're by these cliffs, and, and Sarah, our, our host and guide for this whole trip, she was amazing, but whenever something would happen, she, she just from the front of the bus would get on the mic, and she'd go, don't panic, don't panic, and we were like, I wasn't until you said don't panic, and now I'm, I'm kind of freaking out that we're not going to be okay. Sarah, I love you if you're watching. Uh, thank you for keeping us from panicking, but sometimes... When we hear don't panic, it's the first thing that we do is panic, but I love that there's a qualifying statement here, right? Elisha doesn't say, hey, just don't, don't worry, don't worry, like that's just going to make me worry. No, don't be afraid, why? Because those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Like it, it, you got to have a reason not to be afraid. And in fact, this life is nothing but fear without this reality. That's all you have in life if there's not a qualifying statement behind it. Do not be afraid. And this is not the message we're getting today, is it? This is not the message we're getting on the news. Can we be honest? The, the message on the news is a little more like this. Be afraid, right? Exclamation point, exclamation point. Be very afraid. And the, tr the truth is, we know this, that fear sells. Somebody's making money on your fear. And if we can keep people thinking about the worst case scenario, they'll keep coming back for updates, right? We know this, that Satan... He's the prince of fear, but Jesus is the prince of peace. And there's an invitation today to, to walk away from the spirit of fear into the spirit, the Holy Spirit of peace. And here's why this matters in the church. It's because if you're caught up in fear, you will never walk faithfully in your anointing. You will never walk faithfully in the thing that God has called you to today. Like what would you do if you had no fear how would you live as a Christian if you had no fear? Some of you, God is calling you to lead, and you won't do it because you're afraid. A, a couple of weeks ago, I shared, like, we have, I think, currently 40 people that are in a, a, a flow list to, to be followed up with that want to be in small groups at ACF, just waiting for leaders, 
40 people waiting for leaders at ACF. And some of you, you're like, I could do that, but I'm just scared. What would you do if you had no fear? Some of you are called to, to teach. Some of you need to be doing what I'm doing. And God's, God's leading you toward that, but you're, you're fearful. How would you share your faith in your daily life if you had no fear? What would that look like? I, this is a good question to ask throughout your life. Is like, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? And just do that. Like, what would someone who trusted that those who are with us are greater than whoever is with them, what would that person do? And then just go and do that. And begin to see God provide and show up in your life. And I'll, I'll just be the first to say, this isn't just about you, this is about me. I have dealt with a lot of fear in my life. I, I went away and took some time off on a sabbatical here recently. And uh, during that time, I was out mowing my yard, which is where I meet with Jesus. Um, it's just, that's my prayer time, is on the lawnmower. And I was just, I was, typical day, just mowing the yard. And all of a sudden, man, I just was overcome by emotion and by just a, the power of the Holy Spirit in my own heart. And if you're like, oh yeah, Pastor Brian, that's, you're super holy. No, this does not happen all the time. Uh, but this particular day, I felt like God was speaking to me. I just shut off the mower. I just started weeping, like just tears flowing down my face because I felt like God wanted to say something to me and I was just feeling these emotions. And, and God just said, you have so much fear and I want to remove that from your life. And up until that moment, I would have never said I was a fearful person. And then God brought to my mind all of these things that, that, that I have in my life that, that fill me with fear. And, and it was a moment of, of realization and surrender. You, you can't get healed from fear if you just think you don't have it. You got to start by acknowledging today. I want you to think, like, what is it that I'm afraid of? What is it? Now, you might not know what your fear is, but you might know the voice of fear. And the voice of fear will help you identify what your fear is. Like fear says this, hey, don't talk about Jesus. They'll just humiliate you. Oh, maybe I'm scared of being humiliated. I'm scared of how people might see me. Uh, Here's one, don't invite them to church. You'll just make it weird. You know that weird Christian. You're like, I don't want to be that weird Christian. So you just, you you avoid those those scenarios. Don't serve. They're just going to use you. Don't give generously. You won't have enough for yourself. Don't forgive them, you'll let them off the hook. Don't stop worrying, you'll make a mistake. Don't lead, you're not good enough. I want you to think about that. Whatever it is that you fear, the enemy wants to use against you. To keep you from your anointing and your calling, but man, when you realize that those who are on your side are greater than those who are on the other side. You will walk faithfully in your calling, and you can overcome that fear. And and I want to give you a little caveat, by the way, with that statement. I know some of you, when you hear, okay, God's on my side, be careful with that, right? Because God's not on your side. God's on his own side. Like, in in the end, God stands with God on his side, but as you walk faithfully with him, you are walking faithfully with God. Now, we know he just said, hey, don't, don't be afraid. In fact, the Bible is full of examples. Over 300 times the Bible says, hey, do not be afraid. Do not fear. But then we read things like this, Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. You should think about that reality. I love that it brings up the, the children of those who fear God. In other words, your unchecked fear will end up hurting your children, but when you fear God, it will bless your children. And, and, and this is true. I, I see this in many of your lives. Many of you are amazing parents uh, because you fear God. And now, this idea of fearing God is kind of a weird thing, right? You're like, well, why, why does it say don't fear, but fear God? No, fearing God is something a little different. 
It's not simply being afraid. To fear God simply means to take God seriously. That's what it means. Like, I take God very, very seriously. It's a little, I've heard it illustrated like this. To fear God, it's like the way that we treat electricity, right? Like, this, this room is full of electricity. It's, electricity is a, it's a great gift. I'm so glad that I had lights to turn on this morning, you know, that I have heat in my house. Electricity is a gift, and it's also very dangerous, like the same power that gives you light in your house is the power that if you stuck your finger in a light socket would, would kill you, right? And it's the same thing with God. Like the fear of God is this, oh, he's serious. He's serious. Like you ever looked at somebody and been like this, I'm not, I'm not messing around. Maybe you said that this week. Like I'm not messing around. Like you, you're laughing, I'm not laughing. I'm, I'm serious. Like God is serious. God, is, God wants you to take him seriously. This is the fear of God and don't miss this. You can fear God or you can fear everything else, but if you fear God, you won't fear anything else. I'm going to say that again so you don't miss it. You can fear God or you can fear everything, and you will. But if you fear God, you won't fear anything else. In fact, uh, Oswald Chambers says this, it is the most natural thing in the world to be scared. And the clearest evidence that God's grace is at work in our hearts is when we do not get into panics. The remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. You see, you get to choose your fears. You will fear something. You will either fear everybody and everything in this world. Uh, And and again, we all will have fear. And if you're today going, I don't have any fear, Brian, and you're not a Christian, fear is coming for you. I promise you, fear is coming for you. Or you can fear God. You can take God seriously and watch the other fears be stripped away. I was thinking about it like this. Growing up, uh, I would get in arguments with my little friends. And uh, I, just, I, I grew up with a great dad. I'm blessed with a, with a great dad. And, and as a kid, your dad's a superhero, right? Like he can lift buildings. He can do anything. And we get in these arguments and go back and forth. And I would say something to my friend about my dad. I would say, my dad is what? Stronger than your dad. Or I'd say this, my dad can beat up your dad. I would say that too. My dad can beat up your dad, right? And then the other friend would go like, my dad can beat up your dad. And I go, well, no, my dad can beat up your dad. And it, it was this feeling that like the one who's behind me is greater than who's behind you, right? And there's such confidence in that reality. And I believe this is what happens when you take God seriously. When you understand his power and his majesty and also his holiness, and you take him seriously, all of a sudden you start to look at the thing that gives you fear and go, my dad can beat up your dad. You know, my dad has the power over all things. You see, the way that we deal with fear is not self-confidence, but that's all the world has to give you. Just believe in yourself. You've got this. You're a winner. That's great. That's, that's great. It's good to hear somebody say, hey, you're a winner. You've got this until I'm dealing with the diagnosis. Or until I'm dealing with some kind of addiction that I can't overcome. You see, the beginning of salvation is realizing you don't got this. That's that's the moment that you're willing to reach out your hand to Jesus is when you admit it, I don't have this. Do you have confidence in God or confidence in yourself? In fact, Jesus says, hey, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Have confidence in God. He's the only one worthy of your fear. And he's going to take away your fear if you fear him. This is why when we're fearful, what we need to be reminded of is this, that God is present. Once again, that, that those who are with you are greater than those who are with them. And so your prayer, here's what your prayer needs to be. God, remind me that you're with me. 
God, remind me that you're near. And that's, that's what brings us into the story. Elisha, he prays that this young man would have his eyes open because he's full of fear. He says, Elisha, we're surrounded by this army. Like, there's no way we can win. We're outmanned. We're outgunned, right? He prays for him. And when he does, the young man sees a mountain covered by an army. And it's not the enemy. It's the army of God, right? Chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. And he couldn't see that army before. I want you to write this down. Fear blinds us to God's provision, but prayer opens our eyes to it. When you're full of fear, you won't see that God is providing in every way all around you, but prayer opens your eyes to that reality. Here's the key. I just noticed this when I was studying this this week, is that when Elisha prayed, he didn't pray that the army would appear. He didn't pray that God would show up. This is what we say sometimes. God, would you please show up? He didn't pray that God would show up. He prayed that his servant would realize that God was already there. Like the army was already on the mountain. He just needed to see it. This happens in my house sometimes. I'll be sitting in the living room and I'll hear somebody yell from the kitchen, do you know where the ketchup's at? And I'll say, it's in the door. And they'll go, no, it's not. And I'll go, no, it's my wife laughing in the front row. She knows what it's like. And they'll say, no, no, it's not there. And I'll say, no, it's, it's there. I just put it there. And they'll go, no, it's not. And I'll say, yes, it is. Keep looking. I'll say, look with your eyes. Look with your eyes. That's a, that's a weird dad thing we say, right? Look with your eyes. And then there'll be silence for a couple minutes. And then I'll hear, oh, found it. And then they'll say this every single, single, single time. They'll say, it was right in front of my face. The whole time. It's just right there. What if God was this close? What, what if God was like right there? And, and all you needed to do was pray in those moments to be able to see his presence. And what if the presence of God is the only way that you will stop being overrun and overcome by fear? And I, I love that the servant, the first thing he had to do was he had to speak it. You can't overcome a fear that you don't speak. I'm going to tell you that. You want to keep it inside? You're not going to overcome it. You're not going to deal with it. You're not going to get help with it. And so one of the things you just need to do is speak your fear. So I want to give you 60 seconds right now in church. I want you to look at somebody next to you and just share with them what's something that you fear. 60 seconds. Ready? Go. Online family, type it in the chat. What is one thing that you fear today? We want to hear that from you. So go ahead. Share what you fear today. All right, bring it, bring it on back, bring it on back. I got more stuff to say. Focus. Eyes up here, eyes up here. Man, isn't it good just to know that you're not alone in that, right? Isn't it just good to admit that you have fear in your life, right? Some of you aren't ready to admit it. That's fine. That's fine. But at some point, you'll be confronted by your fear. And at some point, I think all of us will have this desire to get healed from fear. And listen, you got to be careful giving fear a seat at the table, because ultimately, it'll end up driving your life. Uh, John Acuff, he says this, fear gets a voice, not a vote. I love that. You need to give a voice to your fear, but not a vote to your fear. Don't give it power. Don't give it authority in your life. But you need to say it, and you need to admit it. And so the story goes on. Elisha just prayed for his servant's eyes to be opened, and now he prays for his enemy's eyes to be blinded. Interesting. 
that one would have sight and then the other would be blinded to, to the reality that's around them. And then he, as the man that they're looking for, says, hey, you're looking for this Elisha guy? I'll show you who he is and where he's at. And it's kind of a funny story when you think about it. He just kind of pulls a prank on them and he leads them in the wrong direction all the way to Samaria. I want you to write this down. Vision leads to fearlessness, but blindness, blindness leads to foolishness. Vision leads to fearlessness, but blindness leads to foolishness. I want you to think about that in your life. Man, where do you have fear? The places you have fear are the places that you lack vision, but when you get a vision from God, you will have no fear. There's nothing more vulnerable than being blind amidst a war, but many of us are. Many of us are blind to the presence of the reality of God around us. And I think of stories throughout the Bible where people are blinded. I think of Paul, right? Paul is going through life, persecuting the Christians, right? I mean, killing them in droves, and then he is blinded and knocked off a horse. Sometimes you just need to be blinded and do something stupid to realize that your eyes need to be open to the reality of God. And some of you are in that place where you're like, I've done some stupid stuff. That's why I'm at church today. And, and you've been through some things, and that's what's led you to reach out your hand to God. Know this, your blindness and your foolishness is an invitation to hope. It's an invitation to healing. It's an invitation to have your fears be set free. Now in the story, I don't know who you relate to. I want to relate to Elisha, fearless. Hey man, God's here. God's here. But I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, not, always, I'm not always Elisha. Many times I'm the servant. And I just look at my circumstances, I look at our situation, I just go, ah, man, there's just no way. There's no way we're going to get through this. There's no way God's going to show up. And I need men in my life and women in my life to, to call me out and say, hey, open your eyes. I need people to pray. I love that it was prayer that, that opened his eyes to reality, right? And this is why we're talking so much about prayer. Like, you got to stop in the, those moments of fear and you got to pray for yourself, for others. Maybe you're here today, and if you're honest, you don't relate to either of them. You, you're on the side of Syria. You're using fear. I want to call that out today. People, you will use fear to manipulate others, people, to control employees, to control your home. And, man, if you're using fear, it makes you an enemy of God. So knock it off. Don't use fear. We fight fear. We don't want fear from people in our lives. So I want you to be honest. Like, where do you have fear? What does fear look like in your life? Maybe it's the fear of not being able to provide. Maybe it's the fear of not being qualified. I'm not good enough. Maybe it's the fear of losing a child. Some of you are, are afraid of being single for the rest of your life. Some of you are afraid of being married for the rest of your life. Don't laugh too hard. Be careful. Some of you are so scared of being left out. I didn't get invited to that. Why? Maybe it's fear of a diagnosis. Maybe it's fear of death. Maybe it's fear of invasion. This is a big thing right now. Maybe it's fear of being found out. What if they knew who I really am? I want you to bring those fears before God this morning. And my prayer for you today is that your eyes would be opened. Like, What if God is right in front of your face? What if the God who created the universe, the God that holds everything in his hands, is with you? Because he is. And what if you spent so much of your life wasted on fear and he's been with you the entire 
time? What if your dad could beat up their dad? What if you're in the face of whatever that is, you had such confidence in your heavenly father that you could push through anything and be faithful to the call of God on your life? Fear's real. Fear's real. Can we be real in church and be honest that there's fear in our lives? I uh, sat with a family this week. It's been a long week. Um, There's a family in our church that uh, recently lost a loved one. One of our church members, uh, Josiah Gerker, had his life tragically taken uh, in Anchorage this week. And as I went over to the family, uh, to their house this week, it's just, uh, it's all the emotions as you can imagine. And we just went around the room and I said, hey, what do you feel right now? Anger, sadness, rage. But the most common one I heard was fear. It's just fear. In a situation like that, that's just it's, just, it's just broken. It's not as it should be. It's just loss and grieving and fear. How do, we, how do we pull through? How in the world do we work through that kind of fear? I felt like uh, God gave me a passage of scripture when I was dealing with fear, and I want to share this with you today. It's 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. How much fear is in love? None. None. But perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. I want you to hear this today. Prayer connects us to the love of God, and perfect love casts out all fear. Prayer connects us to the love of God and perfect love casts out all fear. And so here's the reality that when you're caught in a situation of grieving and fear of, of the future, you need to be reintroduced to the love of God. I'll be honest, my love's not perfect, your love's not perfect, but God's love is perfect. It's a perfect love. And that perfect love, when it fills your heart and you come into a realization of it, fear cannot be in the presence of that perfect love. It, it literally removes that fear from your life when we reflect and ruminate on the perfect love of God. How perfect and big is God's love? It's big enough to send Jesus, his only son, to the cross to die for your sins. That's, that's perfect love, self-sacrificial love. The next question is, how strong and powerful is, is his love? It's powerful enough not to leave Jesus in the grave. It's powerful enough to bring resurrection to Christ, which means that it's powerful enough to bring resurrection to you. And there's probably some shame in the room today, and you're like, I don't deserve that love. That's how you know you're ready to receive it, because none of us do. You see, the perfect love of God, it's not meant for the people in the room that that deserve it. If you think you deserve God's love, then then why are you in church? No, 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 we gather together to to remember that, no, we don't deserve God's love. He gives it abundantly by his grace, Right? It's merely by his grace that he loves us. I shared this, uh, I'll share this with you. This is a passage I shared with the family. and It's a passage about grief because when it comes to death, it's something that we don't understand. There's lots of questions and we don't know what's coming. And I love, this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. 
It says, but, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. And I love that the author talks about death like sleeping because what do sleeping people do? They, they wake up, right? It's just, like, it's just like sleep. That you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. That's a perfect love. And it's a powerful love that brings resurrection to us. And and here's the good news. You don't have to wait to die to experience resurrection. You can have it today. And if if you've got it, if you've experienced it, you need to share it. You need to, because it can, be, it can be powerful. I just want you to know, people watch people get baptized here and then they go have the courage to get baptized themselves. Don't let fear keep you in your seat today. Don't let fear keep you from standing up. Don't let fear keep you from being used by God in someone else's life. Here's what I know. I know not all of you have been baptized who are Christians. I know that's true. And that God might be calling you today to take a next step. It's not our job to force you to do anything, but it's our job to fill up the tank and give you an opportunity. So I just want you to hear from God. Is today your day? Don't wait on the perfect Instagram moment. Don't wait for when it's warmer outside. I don't think God's like, well, it's not that warm, so just don't worry about obeying me. That's, let's save that for summer in Alaska, right? You got two and a half months to be obedient to God in Alaska. No, like God's just, just, just follow the spirit. That's all we're asking you to do. And we've got everything you need to get baptized today. If that's you, would you bow your heads? I want to pray for us. Father, thank you for the incredible invitation we have today to leave our fears at your feet. So God, we, not, we want to confess today that um, there's part of us that has not fully received your perfect love. That's why we fear. In some way, we, we've minimized your love or We've not realized how powerful and abundant your love is. God, or maybe because of shame, we have resisted your love. God, forgive us for that. Ah, God, I pray in this room today that we would fully receive your love. God, help us to know the love of a father who would send a son to die for us. Help us to know the love of the son who cries out, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Help us to know the love of the Spirit who wants to empower and convict and and challenge and encourage our hearts. Father, would you fill us with your love? Would you cast out fear from this room? God, protect the marriages in this room from fear. Protect the single people in this room from walking in fear. Protect the high school and middle school students in this room from from experiencing fear, Father. Protect those who are who are aging and seeing their bodies break down from fear, guys, you have not called us to walk in fear. There is no fear in love, and your perfect love will cast out fear. So, God, give us a knowledge of your love today. We need it. We can't muster it up on our own, God, but would you inspire us with your love? And God, thank you so much that your love isn't something we're only to receive, but we are to give away. So, God, as we fill up our parking lot with people today, I pray that they would see your love. God, as we serve our friends and neighbors this week, I pray people would just see your love. God, I pray that your love would be so abundant in our hearts that it would just flow from our lives. We love you, Jesus. Be here today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.